Good day, everyone. This is Reality TV Rehap Ups. My name is Jessica Lees, and with me as always is Dan Heaton, and we are bringing you some extra special bonus Amazing Race coverage on the eve of the premiere of Amazing Race Australia Season 4. And I want to preface all of this by saying... We are unfortunately not going to be able to bring you weekly episodic coverage of Amazing Race Australia for a variety of reasons. But Dan and I have been looking at this cast and what little we could find out about them. We've been looking at this season and it's so exciting. We couldn't not do a draft and we will be keeping up with the draft as the season progresses. And we thought it was really only fair that we bring in this we bring in this cast and talk about them and introduce them, give you a little background ahead of the season. So without further ado, let me welcome to the podcast, Dan Heaton. Dan, how are you? Oh, I'm great. You know, I've I've been cranking the midnight oil. I've been watching three years ago, um, Survivor <laughs> Australia seasons. You know, I'm still a little bit behind and just really, you know, I could talk about Vegemite. I won't I won't go too far with this with this gag here, but I will say that I am super excited about this, partially because and I know this is different hosts, different network really different but given how good amazing race australia was in the past it's just fun kind of like with survivor to see them come back again with kind of a a new structure it's cool yeah it's great we thought this was dead and buried i think the amount of time between seasons of amazing race australia just like stretches out further and further I mean, Amazing Race US, let's be real, is kind of doing the same thing these days. But I thought after Amazing Race Australia 3, we didn't hear anything for years. The network passed on having another season. I thought it was over. But then out of nowhere, everything is new again. Episode one's coming to you this coming Monday, October 28th on Channel 10, I believe, in Australia. So it's all happening, Dan. And we are going to do a little cast draft for everybody. and. I wanted to get your opinion, Dan. How do you think we should be structuring this draft? Does our previous performance on Amazing Race Canada have any bearing on who picks first and what and which team they choose? Or how do you think you want to go on this? Well, I will say that I feel a little better about my picks in the <laughs> Amazing Race Canada. You know, I had the teams that finished third and fourth which was much better than you know, <laughs> when I had the team that was the team of the season that I picked. So you never know. I don't feel as terrible about it, but you know, I think you picked first in that one. So maybe I pick first in this one. And also I say this kind of feeling a little more like, I don't really know about this cast, who's going to be great and not. So I'm okay, even if I pick first, letting you then have two picks after that. I don't feel like I'm getting destroyed right off the bat. But what do you think about that? I think that sounds great, Dan. Do we want to dive right in? Yeah, I want to briefly say, though, um, this interests me also comparing it to Canada. If you've listened to us in Canada, at least according to, I'll go very quickly here, the marketing through this trailer that's like two minutes long, where, you know, they put up there and they're like 300 flights, 270 cab rides, three continents. I know I'm like Jeff Probst here. 11 (laughs) teams, 45,000 kilometers. I'll stop now. But the idea is this does seem to be something it may not be going when they said three continents. I'm assuming maybe Asia, Africa, Australia. I don't know if they're counting Australia. They probably are. But regardless, they're going to be doing some traveling. So I think this is going to be exciting just as a framework for this that they are. It's I would say it's kind of maybe not on the level of Amazing Race US as far as where they're going. But 
they seem to have a decent budget where they're going to be doing some serious traveling. So that's interesting. And it makes also the travel skills possibly more important, right? Right. You know how I feel about spoilers Um, with Amazing Race spoilers. I want to know the cast ahead of time. I want to know where they're going ahead of time. I don't want to know how anybody finishes. And this season, it seems like the spoiler team of the information that I've seen out there, they have no idea how anybody finished. And it took them forever to figure out who any of the people were, apart from one team that is an exception that we'll get to at some point, I'm sure. But they do know most of the places that The Amazing Race will be going. And the three continents thing is the truth. Australia is one of the continents. And then we're spending the entire rest of the race in Africa and Asia. And we're not spending a tremendous amount of time in the Asian countries where the U.S. Amazing Race likes to go. So we're potentially looking at somewhere between four and six legs in Africa, which is amazing. And I cannot wait for that. And we're going to be going. I know I don't think this is too much of a spoiler because I think they have shown bits of it. Uh, They're going to be in Korea. They're going to Mongolia. Uh, they're going to a country, at least one country that Amazing Race US has not been to. So if you are a travel nerd, which I very much am to the point where I am like a vocationally a travel nerd at this point, that is really cool potentially. So even if these people are boring, where they're going is not going to be boring. But looking at this cast, I kind of don't think this, these teams are going to be at all boring. I think they did a great job with casting. And I think One of the interesting things that has been pointed out to us is one of the reasons that there's been kind of a delay on this. They've known they wanted to make another Amazing Race for a long time, but they kept delaying it because they didn't have the perfect cast. And they kept trying and trying to get the right conglomeration of people, the right amount of diversity of personalities and backgrounds, ages. And I think they really knocked it out of the park. I think this is such an interesting group of people. Yeah, I agree. I think even just looking at, you know, I have a page up that has all the pictures of the cast. And like you said, it's you have siblings, you have a mother and daughter, you have Instagrammers, a couple (laughs) you have nuns, you know, but you also it's not just the relationships. You look and there's a lot of diversity there. You have an indigenous couple. You have I mean, it's it looks great. It reminds me of some of the best casts I've seen on the show. And I think we're in store for fun. And I also get a little sense. Just one more thing here. The host, Mr. Bo Ryan. Oh, Dan, (laughs) you don't want to get me started on Bo Ryan because we're just going to have like five minutes of me shamelessly thirsting for Bo Ryan because he is extremely attractive. I'm just going to say it and I'm going to stop objectifying him after I have this moment. But I, I like him. I, he's he's easy on the eyes and I already am happy with this casting choice. Yeah. And he just seems so goofy. I mean, he was like he was a rugby player. And, you know, I was, of course, going to mention how attractive he was, but I'll move on to this part now that you've covered that. You can that, leave but- that to the experts, Dan. <laughs> yeah. And um, so basically, he's a former rugby player who also was on TV. There's a show called The Footy Show where it kind of talked about rugby, but then it had comedy bits. And then he created this music video or single, you know, Where Are You From? featuring the Justice Crew, which I tell you, if you want to think like what kind of hosts we're going to get here, watch that video. That's all I'm going to say, because this is going to be a goof. I think it's compared to Grant, the last host, this is going to be a lot goofier. I have a feeling it's even with this cast, they're going to go for kind of, I wouldn't say the silliness, but I don't think they're going to take it as seriously, even as Amazing Race Canada. I think this is going to be a sillier season. The promos even are kind of odd and silly. 
I think we're going to have a lot of fun, Jess. Yeah, I would say I, I would put Bo Ryan kind of in. He's much more in the John Montgomery camp of hosts. I think he's very personable. He's very hands on. I think he's going to be like the kind of guy you want to hang out with and like drink a pitcher of beer with. And I, I watched that video a couple of times because I really didn't know quite how to process it. He's got Chris Noble level rapping skills. But yeah, there's a there's quite a lot to like about him. I don't know. There were a couple of things in that rap video I'm not going to discuss. I'm not going to touch, but he is not he's not a total stranger to controversy. We'll leave it at that. But I think in the context of the amazing race and the context of what he's done as far as comedy sketches and hosting, I think he is a really strong choice to guide people through this race. I agree. And I think it's going to be super fun. And even even in the promo, he has kind of some goofy facial expressions and holds up the little sign in front of his face. But I know I could we could probably just do a few hours on the promos and things like that. But I guess we should get to the draft, Jess. Should we get to it? I know people are just on the edge of their seat waiting <laughs> to see what I'm going to do. Will I pick the nuns first? It's a big question. I, I know that you are a big fan of, of the nuns, Dan. And I, I know in your heart that they are your secret winner pick. But if you want to leave them on the table, I'll leave them on the table for you for another round or two. If you want to go ahead and pick somebody else as a risky choice. Yeah, I think I will. I mean, they do have a secret weapon. It's God. But beyond that, we um, let's move on. OK, so my first pick, I have a hard time because I like a lot of this cast a lot. And I tend to often pick just teams that I like, which is. Not a good idea, but <laughs> I'm trying to find here teams that I like that I also think could do okay. So I'm trying to kind of mix it up where it might not be, you know, totally that way. So I'm going to go with, I mentioned we have indigenous Australian couple and I'm going to pick that team actually, Jasmine and Jerome. They are a married couple. They are both 30. She is, and I promise I won't spend the whole time just reading the bio, but you know, she's a lawyer and they, they also have a two-year-old son, but I feel like they're a team that seems to be, you know, they're kind of, they look like a team that would go far in the amazing race. I don't know why. I just think they're a couple and they have different skills and, you know, they, they talk about, he kind of, kind of likes the thrill stuff and she seems very smart and, but is afraid of heights. And they also do a lot of running. They join the Darwin deadly runners. That's why they're called the deadly duo, which took me forever to figure out why they were called that. But I will say I'm going to pick them because I feel like they're going to be real solid. They're going to be a consistent team. They're going to be one of those teams that just kind of, we get to the end. You're like, Oh yeah, they're here. And I think they also have a good story given um, just what they, they also talk about wanting to start a culture tour company. So I think we're going to see a lot of that, but I have a feeling that they will do okay. Yeah. I mean, they're one of those teams that comes in and they, they feel like they have something to prove. And I think that is a powerful motivator in a lot of circumstances. And yeah, they're extremely likable. They seem like they're physically very fit. Um, anytime you got a team that shows up and they're in matching tank tops, I think that's a sign that they're going to do well. Um, a few things stand out to me as potential liabilities for them. Although I think you're right. There's not a lot. Jerome has admitted he has kind of a short fuse and Jasmine says that she can be very indecisive. And I see that as like the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. I could see them at a crossroads, like maybe trying to pick a detour and Jasmine being unable to decide which one they should do. And he just loses his mind. I could 
certainly see that happening if these are weaknesses that they already cop to. I also note that Jerome says he likes the extreme sports. He likes the adrenaline, but Jasmine has a thing about heights. So if they they pull one of those switcheroo roadblocks where it's like, okay, who wants to jump off a high thing? And then they're like, surprise, the person that said they wanted to do it isn't going to be the one to do it. That could be a problem. And, you know, the show loves to do that. Um, But yeah, I think I think it's a strong pick. It's a good number one pick. Um, I think you can't really go wrong with them. Uh, They have a two year old, so they know how to deal with extreme and difficult situations already. Yes. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think that also we, I'm going to start tracking this Jerome, not a fan of eating challenges. Mark that down. All right. It's going to come up again for almost all the teams. I think this is like, this is like amazing race Canada and the water challenges. (laughs) Or the one year where they were all afraid of snakes and then we never met any snakes. Um, so I should, we should mention that. And also too, I will say, if you watch, I will warn you, I guess, if you even watch like the two minute preview or some of the videos, when the, the teams say what they're afraid of, not with the eating, the show will then cut to a clip of them possibly doing something like that. So if you don't want to be spoiled at all with what teams may or may not be doing, I will just say that in terms of Jasmine and some other teams, maybe that would happen. That's all I will say. We might, we might see something that she is afraid of. That's what I will say. Yeah, I'm starting to see why casting was such a bugbear for Amazing Race Australia this time out, because they had a set of challenges and they needed to make sure that multiple people were uh, were deathly afraid of each one of the challenges. And so that's like doing a logic puzzle, you know? Yeah, basically it's they're trying to really because that's that's I've never seen that where a show really says someone says, I'm afraid of this. And then, oh, by the way, they're going to do this. So that's going to be interesting to track. I mean, who knows? I have no idea in most cases where this is happening and what part of the race. So this is not impacting my pick at all. It's just something interesting to note um, with some of these teams. Yeah. A lot of these promo videos were very much geared toward. Let's show the team screwing up or being afraid or stepping outside of their comfort zone. I think every one of the videos I've seen of them out on the course is somebody screwing up at something or somebody being too afraid to continue at something. And so I think every single one of these teams is going to get one of those moments across the course of the race. Yeah, it's just who's first. Like, who does it in the first leg? We we, we don't totally, totally tell. But so are we ready to get the very important second and third picks from Jess. I think we are. And with my first pick, I think you're going to see our Amazing Race Canada experiences coloring my picks as well as yours, I think, Dan. But one of my biggest regrets of our Amazing Race Canada draft is not picking this team and then having you basically nipping at my heels all season on the strength of having this one team on your team. (laughs) So I know what you're going to do now. You know what I'm going to do now. (laughs) This is this is not a hard choice for me. I had to say, who do I think is going to be dominant, intense, maybe a little bit unpleasant? So please give me Sid and Ash, the dating couple slash Instagram influencers. Yeah, I they were pretty high for me because I totally saw the Dave and Arena. And not in the exact same way. They're not boxers. But yeah, there's a lot there that would imply this is going to be similar. But so why did you make this pick? Um, I made this pick mostly on the strength of they remind me also of another team. Like I used to do 
prior to International Amazing Race seasons, back when I was young and spry and had much more time to devote to the RHAP universe, I used to do a thing where I would look at the cast of an Amazing Race season and for every team, I would tell you what two U.S. teams or what two teams we've seen from the past they are a combination of. And I think I've, I think I've cracked it with Sid and Ash. I think they are Dave and Arena plus Colin and Christy. And Colin and Christy, of course, are very fresh in our minds, having just seen them on The Amazing Race US. And I say this because you get a little bit of that intensity and a bit of that athleticism, but then they also say they are into meditation and they do look inward a lot. And I don't know if they say that just because it like looks really good on Instagram or what, but I think there could be a little Colin and Christy upside in there. Um and Colin and Christy, of course, got very, very far in both of the seasons they were in. So a team like this they're young-ish. They, curiously enough, declined to disclose their ages. I'm not sure what that's all about, but they look young and they look like they're in good shape. They seem like they're pretty well-traveled. Uh, they have confidence. I think confidence is always a good one. Uh, when they asked Sid, uh, what is his proudest achievement in life? This is the most Instagram answer I've ever heard in my life. He says, my bulletproof self-esteem. I have an insane level of self-confidence in my ability to get through any situation, regardless of what life throws my way. Which, okay, I don't know if that's someone I want to have a beer with, but it's probably someone who's going to do okay on The Amazing Race. Yeah, the I actually had that written in quotes. Bulletproof self-esteem in my notes. Um, they also are former elite swimmers. Which, if you looked at him, I mean, you wouldn't immediately, especially with Sid, think, oh, that guy was a swimmer. But that also, like, we even saw Lauren and Joanne last season. I mean, elite, what does that mean? I'm not sure. But still, they trained and it was important. So that shows that they, while they talk about not really being a camping couple, as she talks about it, they probably are a bit stronger and more fit, especially aerobically, than they might even seem up front. They're not just totally a team that i mean they do a lot i think they're going to do a lot of mugging for the cameras but that also might be able to kind of plow through things too and you know there's something to be said for being comfortable on camera as well because one of the one of the source materials that we're working from here to try to figure out who these people are on the facebook page for the amazing race australia they posted the final interview rounds as they were casting the teams. And so they're very rough. They're very unpolished. Most of them are not even looking at the camera. And one thing I noticed in all of the video footage that we've seen of Sid and Ash so far is they know who they're playing to and they know who they're talking to and they communicate very well. And I think they communicate very well with the camera. They also communicate very well with each other. So I think you'll see a team. I don't know that the other teams are going to like them all that much, but I think they like each other very much. They like themselves a great deal. And I think that means that they will go pretty far. I think the one thing that could trip them up is if they put too much of a target on their back very early on and they do not engage with the other teams, you could see them being the target of a U-turn or you could see an alliance forming to try to work together to get past them. I think similar to what we saw with Dave and Arena this past season. Yeah, exactly. Where it's or are they going to be because that was the thing about Dave and Arena is they were so competitive but they didn't just say things in the like confessionals or the camera. And so are Sid and Ash going to realize, okay, we can talk smack about the other teams or whatever when we're doing our interviews, but we, we're not going to get in their face. <laughs> that's kind of the thing. That's, that's the big question because 
you know, they they're probably going they seem like the type of team that might steal a cab or something. But then afterwards, are they just going to like double down and be like, yeah, we stole it. Are they going to be a little nicer about it? Well, Dan, we have a little (laughs) clue as to how they might handle a situation like that, because this is the team that allegedly steals from nuns and they don't seem to be one bit sorry about it. It's a dumpling, though. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's not a cap, but yeah, yeah. It is one of the more underhanded things I've ever seen someone do on the Amazing Race. It's pretty, it's pretty cold. Yeah, it's interesting. This something like that. It's like, um, yeah, I guess that's okay for the rules. I don't know, but apparently, it's one of those where the show probably was like, oh, okay. So it'll, well, we don't know. We yeah. haven't seen the repercussions of this, if there are any, but it's it's very interesting. What, what Dan and I are talking about is there is a scene in which I believe it's a detour. I'm going to guess it's a detour because they're Sid and Ash are in a room and also the two nuns are in the room. And the challenge is apparently to make a certain number of dumplings and they are making the dumplings and the nuns say, oh, I don't know if we're going to finish this. We need to go double check the directions. We got to leave the room. The nuns leave the room and Sid and Ash go over to the table where the nuns are making the dumplings and take a bunch of their dumplings and put them on their own plate. And this is something I do not know if they'll get dinged in the rules for it or if the nuns ever came back, if the dumplings were going to end up being counted for the nuns anyway. It's very hard to tell. But in that moment, I think that is definitely one of the sneakier and dirtier things I've seen happen on this show. Yeah. And that's where I kind of I get the idea. I mean, they could get penalized for it or whatever, but I do get the impression this season's going to maybe not have more of that, but have a bit more. I don't know what the phrase is, just kind of goofiness there. So it's going to be interesting to watch how they do. They the only thing I think I can think of is um, I know they've they're great in front of the camera, but there are kind of the intangibles with the race you're navigating, you're getting from place to place that I think they'll do okay. But that's where sometimes you have a team that seems strong and seems to have everything that just we don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be one of those teams. I think we have to note that with this cast, I really feel like. They tried to get a broad spectrum of backgrounds and abilities, but I don't know that they tried so hard to get 11 teams that all have an equal shot of winning the race. I think it's a very Amazing Race Canada kind of cast in that regard where, you know, you and I have talked about Amazing Race Canada casts having like a tier one, a tier two and a tier three. And you have like a couple of teams that you're pretty sure are going to dominate. And then there's going to be at least one surprise team that looks very weak and turns out to be much stronger. Your Lauren and Joanne kind of team or your Frankie and Amy. And then you have teams that there's at least one team that you're going to look at and say, I think this team could win. And they end up going out in like seventh place. So it remains to be seen uh, whether Sid and Ash are going to surprise us in that regard and go out very early or if they're going to be the team that we think they are. All right. Well, who is your other pick? Okay. Well, with my other pick, I'm going to go with a sentimental pick because I can't bear, I can't bear it if like I end up having a whole team, a whole team full of teams that I don't actually actively want to win. And I end up having to root for them. I feel like, I feel like Dave and Arena put you in a really tough position, Dan. Yes. You felt compelled to root for them because it was the only way you were getting points in your fantasy team, but you didn't really want them to do well. And so I want to make sure I have a team that I think is going to do well that I also really, really like. So with my next pick, I'm going to go with Rod and Tim, the um, newlyweds. They are 29, 28 years old. They are reality TV super fans. And 
they're in amazing shape. They are certified personal trainers and they seem like they have been to a lot of places. They know what kinds of challenges to expect on the amazing race. They seem like they did a lot to prepare. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, I think we've been doing this long enough now where I look at my rankings and I, you know, put Jasmine in drum one. And then two is Tim and Rod and three is Sid and Ash. So I'm like, well, we're <laughs> yep. just going down the list. Right my now. top three is gone too. I had them in a different <laughs> order, but that was. Yeah. I even had Tim and Rod and Jasmine and Jerome, like an arrow going, maybe one should be one or two. Cause those guys, I know it's a sentimental pick. Those guys are in shape. I tell you, I mean, the, yeah. if you're talking about, I mean, cause you can look and say, oh, well the, you know, the soccer players or football players are these guys are personal trainers. And there's a lot of personal trainers on this season, strangely enough, but they look like they, one, I think they're going to be very likable and a very fun team and have a good relationship. And two, I think physically, they're like tall, strong people that will both likely either one do great on physical challenges. Yeah. And it's almost like, I think the one thing that might trip them up is that they're a little too similar. And I think they have admitted the same thing. They kind of, they have similar backgrounds. They're in similar shape. Like you can't point to one and say, okay, you're going to do all the strength things and I'm going to do all the puzzles. That could be a problem if they just end up being all strength. But I think they're both exceptionally well-rounded individuals. And so it's kind of at the point where you're not going to have the situation where one of them has done six roadblocks and can't do any more roadblocks. I think you're going to have, there's no dead weight on this team at all is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think too, I will mention that Tim, he thrives on adrenaline, but he is scared by bungee jumping. That's Sky what, di- skydiving. But that's what adrenaline is. <laughs> that's that's those things coexist. Those are the same thing. Of course and, you're scared. <laughs> and I'm not even done. Okay. And gross eating. And gross uh, eating. Gross eating. He's another gross <laughs> eating guy. So we got two of those and we're three teams in. Yes. They're very competitive, though. I just think it's interesting. I thrive on adrenaline when I'm on the ground, not yeah. when I'm in the air. You know, there, there, was, there was no comment from Sid and Ash about gross eating. And it's probably just because they only eat things that they can take a nice picture of for their Instagram feeds. That is true. So maybe sometimes that can be gross food, gross food, though, that you could take. I mean, I guess if it's like something really, I don't know where I'm going with this, but really, really um, different. Like, you know, really rare type of food because they like to travel around for that. One other thing I want to mention about Tim and Rod is that when they win, they are going to Disneyland. So good job, Aww. guys. Good job. I like it. I'm rooting for you. It'd be more if you were on my team. Yeah. And probably slightly more if they were going to Disney World, right, Dan? Oh, no. Disneyland is the place. Come on. You know, it's the only reason it's further away. That's, <laughs> that's where you should go. It's not further away for them. <laughs> no, it's actually closer. Smart yeah. move. I'll stop now about about that. I, I could get Dan going on theme parks and we'd be here for another hour. <laughs> Let me tell you about the differences between the two resorts. Now, but I think they're they're a solid team. Similar a little bit for me with well, actually with all the teams. Like I it will not be this. But I could look at these three teams and be like, yeah, that could be the final three. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think it is, like you said, but you can you can paint yourself a picture of that happening. Sure. Yeah, it would be kind of a boring season if this was our final three. So I hope it's not, but I wouldn't be mad at it if it was. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that you wouldn't pick the next two teams I had, because then I'm like, after that, it's like I have tears like we talked about. And now I'm like, oh, shoot, because this is the part of the draft where I always fail right here, right here, just this part. (laughs) This is the part. Spoiler alert. There is a team that I have flagged as heat and bait in my notes. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, no. <laughs> well, I know there is a bottom tier. Sorry, teams that are there. I won't do it. But so I have two picks here. Okay. Let's get kind of the, I hate to say it, the boring team out of the way first. Let's do it. Okay. That doesn't mean this is fourth versus fifth or whatever. This is, this is, I just want to knock that out so that I could try and think about the other one longer. Okay. Let's just take Tom and Tyler right out. Let's just, let's just do that. This team though makes me a little nervous because on the surface you go, you've got these guys, they're footballers. That means they're in shape. They're, they're young guys. They will likely do good in physical challenges. I do give them a little bit of like Dan Drew upside though. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I, which again, that could be, they do well, but this is why I hesitate a little bit, but I feel like fourth or fifth, I still think a team like this, they're kind of a middle of the tier team because I think, yes, we did see a clip of them riding in a very slow taxi and you go, Oh no, they're going to be in trouble. But I do think though, in the early going, especially a team that has played professional football, I will say, um, and has done well, and is going to be competitive and want to go out there and race. I don't see this team going out first. The unknown for me really is, is this a team that, like you said, that we think, oh, they'll be solid and they all of a sudden they go out seventh or sixth, or is this a team that's going to surprise us and, um, and move further up? That's where I have the question marks. But I think, I think too, they're a pretty safe pick at this point. I don't, no, and I hate to call them boring because we have no idea. We're always wrong. I will say this up front. When I say a team is boring and or, you know, seems safe or whatnot, and then they end up being the goofiest, most fun team of the season. Adam so and Courtney. This hap- yeah, this could happen here. So Tom and Tyler, I know you're listening from Australia. I will just say um, that the footy mates, as they are known, who knows? But I feel like when I see this point of the draft, they seem like the right team to take. Yeah, I mean, I that's who I had next on my ranking list. Uh, I think that was the right pick. And I think you do make a lot of good points. I think it's really hard to tell exactly how they're going to do when they're faced with like the entire broad spectrum of things that the Amazing Race might ask you to do, because these are two very devoted athletes who were playing in the AFL and they have pretty much lived and breathed football for most of their lives. I think it's worth noting that uh, Tyler's father is a legendary footballer and the two of them were playing at the elite level. And so I feel like, you know, give them a footy challenge, they'll be fine. But what else can they do? Are they going to be, are they going to be able to think on their feet quite as well when they're not in that kind of high pressure situation and it's an entirely different kind of high pressure situation. I think that's something worth noting. And here's another thing that I thought was interesting that I do not know if it's going to have any kind of impact on the Amazing Race because again, it's a totally different skill set from the skill set that they excel at, but um, they quit their jobs as professional athletes to go on the show. But as it happened, Tom was recovering from an ankle injury for most of his rookie season. So it's not like he was really giving up prime playtime. And I wonder how rehabilitated is he? Is he going to be able to keep up? Is he is he back at that level? That could come up. That's a thing that I noted. Um, and I think I think they, they do feel very one note to me at this point. And I hope to be proven wrong. But I also feel like you know, they're the two young, good looking dudes in orange, which we've had like a million of those teams. Uh, I, Amazing Race US, we had like two teams like that back in back to back seasons. And I still don't remember like which ones were which. Um, 
And also a team that I was reminded of watching them is um, the professional rugby players from uh, Amazing Race Australia season three, who I think I had picked to go very, very far. And then they ended up being on the wrong side of a twist and went out, I think, in sixth place or something ridiculous. And that, I think, is going to befall one of the stronger teams. I think some kind of game twist will probably knock a team out. And I think it's more than likely it could be this one. Yeah, for sure. And that's where I kind of I pick them. But I hesitate. I should note, though, very importantly, Tom is incredibly cheap. So maybe they'll have a lot of money. They're not going to have the Sam and Sarah. Oh, we don't have any money. We have to drive around a bunch and all of Let's that. Let's go beg but... some geologists for money. <laughs> also, too, that was it's interesting to I mentioned both that Sam, I think it was a little it wasn't more recent, but that they he also had had some serious injuries, too. But that was, I think, well, late earlier. So they don't totally connect. But one thing about this, a lot of times we have athletes or like, this where the guys don't know each other very well or the teams don't and they're like we can get two football players let's put them together apparently these guys have been best mates for six years which i'm bringing that right so i think this at least is not going to be a case where it's like you have olympians or you know or players that don't know each other well which sometimes can be good and sometimes not here it seems like they do have the friendship and the relationship at least which is another check mark in their favor yeah, they they seem like they genuinely do know each other. So that is a good thing. I want to go back to that money thing for a second, because you did remind me of something that I've seen in a lot of the preseason coverage that I kind of did a little bit of a head tilt when I read this in more than one article about this season. They kept saying, here's how the amazing race works. And they get a certain amount of money for the whole day. And if they run out of money, they have to beg people. And I'm thinking, well... In Amazing Race US, that hasn't been a part of the show for a really long time. And Amazing Race Canada, I think it was like one day when they ran up a huge taxi bill, but it's not an integral part of the show as we know it. So are we foreshadowing something with that, do you think? Like that plus knowing that Tom is incredibly cheap. Are we going to see one of these teams go out because they ran out of money? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I always wondered too, with like the US and such, if sometimes they are begging for money, but we just never saw it. Like it was a case where they still were doing it, but I'm not even sure that's the case. I think they probably make sure they have enough or whatnot, but the the show itself makes very little mention of it. But I do really get, and I wouldn't say similar just to go off in a bit of a tangent, but like I'm going to talk about Survivor Australia because I'm just watching it right now and I've been watching it for a hundred years and they're still not done yet. <laughs> and basically that has a real old school feeling, not like season one, but that feels almost like for survivor standards that feels like how the show was in like season 15 or something it's the way they treat advantages and things like that so i look at even some of the tasks they're doing here with the clips we're seeing and the way the teams are and everything and this feels a little more like we're going to reintroduce everyone to the amazing race here in australia by just doing all the fun kind of greatest hit stuff oh and maybe they think part of that is possibly emphasizing more the travel aspect which have gotten pushed back even on Canada, but especially on the U S they're going to push more the idea of you are traveling. And the fact that they're going to all those countries in Africa and Asia and such, maybe there's going to be more emphasis on the traveling and getting around on this show. Yeah. I really feel like if you are trying to describe the amazing race to someone who has never seen the show, that's going to be what they're going to have the most questions about. 
So it does make sense that if you're trying to go back to basics and you're trying to bring people into the fold that have no familiarity with the franchise, you're definitely going to lean more heavily on those aspects of it. And I think U.S. has gotten a little more lazy about that for a variety of reasons, where it's like, oh, we're more focused on the personalities of it and how they strategize. And I think we've moved away from travel almost to the point where we just go to the same countries year after year with like one surprise per season. So I think this is going to be a much more travel-y focused season that we're getting. And just because they're trying to think of it from the point of view of somebody who isn't as familiar and isn't necessarily a super fan, how do we make a super fan out of that person? Let's make sure we answer all their questions up front. Exactly. I think it's going to be super fun. And I'm really just stalling because I'm still not sure which team I want to pick next. So I guess I, I guess I should actually dive into this now. And I mean, there's about three or four teams that I know I'm not going to pick. I mean, I have done the math, but that I, I mean, on this round that I'm not going to pick right now, okay. you know, but then I narrow it down and I'm like, oh, I can almost in my head hear your response about what the negatives are about these teams before <laughs> I even say who they are. Because yep. really, if you look at everyone left, you can you can poke holes in why they're not going to do well for each one. And so it's like, it's hard to pick. So, you know. You know what I'm going to do? I, I was about to say something and then I changed my mind completely. This is great podcasting. This is excellent. Wow, this, this, is, this is like this is like a live tribal. <laughs> yes. I'm whispering in people's ears. I'm just everything's going crazy. There's all these subtitles. Um, OK, so this is what I'm going to do. I, I thought about picking a team that was very young and has siblings because I think siblings always do really well. But I just I can't. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to pick. No offense to that team. We'll see them later. But, you know. I really like the mother and daughter team. I really like Roa and Amani. I think I want to root for that team. So it, to me, this is a pick of, I want to root for this team. I don't know how well they're going to do, but I feel like I want to pick them because I don't want to root for Dave and Arenas. I want to <laughs> root for teams that I like, that I'm pulling for, that have a good story. So I'm picking them. Mother and daughter, Roa and Amani. Put it on the board. Okay. Uh, noted uh, with his third pick, Team Heaton selects Roy and Amani. And Dan, I'm with you on this. This is a team that's definitely got the most potential for the biggest growth arc. I think we go in, we see them, they are one way when they come in, they are going to be a different way when they come out, and they're going to be better people. They will have grown closer and learned a lot about themselves in the process. Now, whether that is a three episode journey or a 10 episode journey, that remains to be seen. And I think you could probably outline what I'm about to say as far as their weaknesses and strengths. But I think the I think the biggest strength on this team is Roa, who is a beast. She owns three gyms. She is a personal trainer. She is a single mother. She is she's a rock. She's so tough. And she's she seems like she's so calm, like she's just got this presence to her that it just radiates like unflappability. And I think she's going to do amazing. The question mark here is Amani, who's very, very young. She's 18 years old. She says she's a picky eater. And she is shown in two separate clips crying because she cannot finish a challenge. And that to me says she's going to have a lot of emotional turmoil. And that could spell doom for this team. Yeah, I think so. Because that's, I mean, I like their relationship. And, um... I, th I also think parent-child relationships are always interesting on the show. And especially in this case where the mom is still fairly young, 
which I think, you know, I say fairly young. She's younger than me by <laughs> one year. But I will say, I have sometimes forget that. But, um, but yeah, Amani being 18, I think this is a case that's a bit different, though, than there's another team where two people are both very young. But you do have one of the two, though, who I feel like is going to, you need someone on the team to take charge. I mean, if you have two alphas, that can be a problem. If you don't, so I think there could be a situation where if Amani can kind of get through some of those breakdowns we see or dealing with eating issues, another one, um, that that could be a challenge. So one thing, though, Amani does mention she has bungee jumped, gone whitewater rafting, doesn't seem to have an issue with like adrenaline challenges and things like that. Of course, I don't know. I sometimes don't want to oversell that on either end because people usually end up bungee jumping or skydiving without a big problem, even if they're not into it. But also, too, I just, again, like the idea that they're coming in and saying we want to challenge both Muslim stereotypes and Muslim women stereotypes, and I want to root for them. And they seem also... Like you mentioned, Roa not only is super strong, but also as a business owner who's done so well. And I just look at them and I think, yes, they're probably not going to win. You know, I, I they could, but probably not. But if they somehow got to fifth place or fourth place or something, I would be really pumped to be rooting for them and have picked them. Yeah, they definitely, they have some Lucy and Amelia upside, don't they? Yeah, I actually was going to mention them. <laughs> I was almost did too. Yeah, a team that I think if they get through the first leg or two is going to get some confidence and also will be like, yeah, we're here. We're going to do this. There's not going to be that. Um, well, we're going to do this because we're awesome. And of course we're going to finish first because we're the best. I don't really see that from this team. So and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. Um, anything else we want to note about them? No, not really. I think I should also mention that Roa runs a kid's gym had a CrossFit gym and um, basically a gym for ladies. That's how she described it. It sounds a little weird for me to say ladies like that, <laughs> but um, ladies. I don't know. I just think there's not, we don't know that much more about them. I should have mentioned Monty is studying, studying to bachelor of fashion degree, which you would think, what does that have to do with anything? But if you've watched the amazing race, Canada, especially that attention to detail and sometimes even matching fashions and things, you never know. Crazy things can happen. Yeah, you've had to make a shirt on this show before, so it it could happen. And I think it's it's all interconnected. There are skills that you can take from just about anything you do and apply them to the amazing race in the right circumstances. All right. Well, Jess, what all do you right. think? Well, with my next pick, I'm gonna take the last team off the board that I think just looks like a powerhouse team. And I think you could tell me what I'm gonna say about this team as well. But I think they seem like they are extremely physically fit. They, you know, they know each other very well. I think they bring something interesting to the table. So give me Femi and Nick, the psychiatric nurses and personal trainers and best mates from Sydney. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're one of those teams that I feel like has the most I don't know why. It seems like they could do so differently. And they really, really remind me there was this team on one of the U.S. seasons where I, I think they might have been doctors. I'm trying to remember that that I picked to win that season and they were just so terrible <laughs> and so bad. And not that that means this is the same, but they just and also too these guys, like you said, they 
They've known each other since they were kids. Again, they run a personal training business. <laughs> what is the deal? Everyone's being personal trainers, but also with being nurses. And I think they also to have, I mean, their picture is them like holding up their arms like, yes. And I don't think at least the picture I'm looking at, I think they're going to be really fun for the show as long as they don't have to swim. That's that's the problem for them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they say, at least. Well, that's a that's a unique problem, I think, among this group. Like they don't really say anything about their eating abilities. So give them points for that. I think being a psychiatric nurse is a really tough job. I think you have to have a lot of mental fortitude to cope with a high stress environment like that. And I think that could be something very useful. I think the medical profession, apart from the doctors that you mentioned, Dan, I think was that season 21, I want to say, uh-huh. were they twins? Yeah, it was the season when they had to dig in the sand. I yeah. think it was that season. Yeah, yeah. was that 21? Okay. <laughs> it was yeah. really rough. It was really rough. Um, uh, it was 21 or 22. It might have been 22 because I don't think they were on the same season with the 20s. But uh, anyway, we're getting very off track here. <laughs> I I think they seem to be very well prepared. I liked that they noted that they did a lot of training to prepare for the show. They hit the gym really hard and then they did a lot of escape rooms to prepare for the show, which I thought was an interesting tactic that I'm surprised more people don't do. I I mean, I feel like Kurt Clark would be a great Amazing Race partner uh, just because that escape room thing is all about solving the problem in front of you and putting together a lot of complex ideas, spotting details. These are all things that you have to do on The Amazing Race. So I feel like maybe it's like the world is your escape room when you go on The Amazing Race. So I liked that about them. And now we can talk about the big downside to these two. Uh, We have to talk about the video clip in which They are shown not having any idea how to use a compass. Yes, they are. There's a scene with um, multiple teams actually involving, uh, possibly involving a camel. And there's someone who says, can you read a compass? And then he says, what's north? And of course, that's going to get used in the clip. I should also mention on a related note, one of them mentioned, um, I think it was an article or something, that they applied just kind of on a bit of randomness is how they described it. And I don't want to overthink one statement, but when you see something, you have limited information. You kind of glom onto things and I go, huh, I wonder how much they've watched the show. Now, granted, as we'll talk about later with the team that I think are really super fans, I don't know how much it matters if they've watched the show or not. It's just something interesting that I noted is if the show really focuses on the travel, if you can't read a compass, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I suspect they might have directional issues. I also wanted to give props to Amazing Race Australia. Um, the Amazing Race US dodo music is so like hokey and twangy. And Amazing Race Australia uses Vivaldi's Four Seasons for their dodo music. It's, it's high class. What can I say? Yeah, you know, it's, it's classy a- AF. <laughs> it's not. They don't just play that same like trumpet music that they always play. That don't don't do It sounds like like an elephant's going to march out like yeah. the U.S. plays. This is this is different. Yeah, it's yeah. different. <laughs> Good job already in your clip that we saw of 30 seconds. Amazing. Yeah, it's so it's joyous. so sarcastic. You know, you don't think of music as being sarcastic, and that was definitely sarcastic. Yes, for sure. Anything else on these guys? I think I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I I think I'll have to see how they do out on the course. I mean, that direction thing could be a fluke or they could be they could also have some dandruff upside. Yeah, which would be very entertaining. That's the thing. Even that clip, I'm like, 
these guys are going to be fun to watch. I, I, I'm excited to see them on my screen. All right. Okay, so I get another pick, right? Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately. All right. Well, because now we're starting to, we're moving down the list. We're at the, we're past the halfway point here, Dan. And I see a lot of teams that could be very surprising here. And I think I got to go with the next team I kind of had in my rankings. I feel like they're such a, they're such a Dan team. I kind of, I feel bad taking them off the board, but this is the team I have flagged as heat and bait. And I'm just going to take them just to be diabolical like that. So give me the sisters. Give me Haley and Michaela. <laughs> you know, I was wondering who was going to be the team, but you know, I i mean, they would have been one of my next two, but I wasn't really that tempted to pick them earlier, but they, they definitely are a type of team that always seems to end up on my team. And we'll see, you know, they, they are very competitive at board games. That's a big part of their videos that we've seen. They, they have, they really remind me of Lauren and Joanne. Um, they really seem like they have that kind of big sister, little sister dynamic. They seem very goofy. They are wearing the craziest shirts. Uh, I'm not even sure what that is on their shirt, but it's hilarious. And I think they, they seem like they're scrappy. They, they're, kind of small but they seem like they've done a lot of interesting things they have traveled a lot so i think they strike me as the team of the teams that are left that is most likely to make a deeper run than we initially might have given them credit for yeah i agree and it's actually one of the things i think the shirts are really distracting because if they were wearing just like you know your typical amazing race like some like you know somebody's wearing a blue shirt like like that shirt but blue or red or yeah. whatever i would be like they look really athletic i think they're gonna do well something about that shirt <laughs> those shirts make me look at them and go they're the first one out and it's not fair <laughs> it's just because you sometimes the teams that go out first always have something like that but it's like the it's like the mother and son undertakers that showed up in pantsuits <laughs> it's like if you just worn shorts you would have been fine <laughs> right with the word that we're like oh first one out and i'm not saying i don't think Haley and michaela will be the first one out i actually am not even sure they're going to be wearing these shirts on the show i think it might just be for a short time you know i guess they actually might sort of be like jackets that you like so they might we might rarely see them it's just such an odd look for like the main picture that we're seeing i don't know i guess it's supposed to show that they're kind of goofy i don't know yeah they're zany yeah it's <laughs> it's hard to tell i also why well, i also want to call out um, what Haley says she thinks the biggest challenge she's going to need to overcome uh, because this is just a funny mental picture. She says, I have a fear of escalators and snakes. If there are snakes on an escalator, that would be my worst nightmare. And I can't argue with that. That's kind of scary. I'd have to call Samuel L. Jackson for that one. <laughs> I love it when you know we get they get to like now you're going to the mall sponsored by who knows in Australia, you know, and then they get to the mall and it's like, you must traverse this escalator, which is covered by a hundred snakes. Maybe something. this is the holdout. Like maybe they just had this snake escalator and they needed the perfect team to inflict it on. And this is why they held off production for so long. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to find somebody that's afraid of escalator snakes and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, you never know. I should also mention too, Michaela has um um has a disease where, you know, she has to only eat gluten free food, which normally you tell, you know, that there's there's plenty out there. But on a show like the race where you're traveling all around and they might have eating challenges and such, um I mean, I don't know how severe it is, you know, there might but still that could be something that's brought up on the show that could impact them in some way. 
Yeah, I mean, celiac's not a joke. That could be that could be problematic, um, especially if you're somewhere where you don't actually know what is in your food and you can't easily check that. I think it it could be something to track and I could see why she's concerned about it. Yeah. So it's I don't think this is that is something that like makes or breaks the race. It's more about just think about like traveling on planes and traveling around and having to always I don't know, that just sounds like a real challenge. It's almost like I feel sympathetic just that that like you, there's enough stress and enough things to be considered when you're running the race and they have to do that, too. I mean, it's not impossible. It's just an extra step there that, that they'll have to cover. I should also mention that um, they're a pharmacist and a veterinarian are their occupations. And they talk about they excelled in sports, academics and crab fishing. So they've got the whole package here. Is, it, is that is that a crab on their shirts? I think it's a crab. Oh, I think we've I think we've we've solved it. We've they're big it. into crab fishing. So they have a shirt about a crab. Hey, there have been crab fishing challenges on The Amazing Race before. Yeah, very. I mean, well, I'm not sure if that was a crab, but if you think about in the last season of the U.S., they had to do some fishing of some unique marine life from a pool. So you never know. Yes, indeed. All right, Dan, you're up. Okay, sorry. I was just writing down that now you have. (laughs) I was crossing them off on my very, very. And now now you're sad because it's the most Dan team ever. Well, you know what's really good, though, is that there was a team I almost picked last time that's still here, and it's like fantasy football. I'm like, I am so smart that I did not. But I'm going to go with the other sibling team, which they are very young. I have a really young team, actually, now that I look at it. We've which got is two usually, more sibling teams yeah, to talk about. So. Yeah, but I've got Alana and Nico, who is a team that, of all the teams, maybe we haven't gotten all the info yet about them because the, we're recording this to people behind the curtain on Thursday evening. It's premiering Monday, but it seems like we're still getting info released from us because just the way this whole production was set up beforehand, we didn't know the premiere date till like a few weeks ago. So we don't have that much info on all the teams, but I will do my best here. They are the Gen Z siblings from Generation Z, you know, so they're brother and sister, 21 and 19. Now, 21 and 19, you go, oh my gosh, this, <laughs> this is going to be fun. And that's why they haven't been picked yet, because I generally think that sibling teams do very well. Because as we've seen, I'm thinking of like Taylor and Courtney or even Lauren and Joanne last season. They don't always win, but they have kind of this like laid back most of the time attitude where they can, even when they're fighting or stressed or whatever, they just kind of plow through it. And one thing that's good about this team is they have done a decent amount of traveling, not all of it together, but they've been to a lot of different countries. So this is not a case where you have this is the team brought in to be the fish out of water team that have never left Australia or something. They've done a lot of traveling. They're just kind of an unknown to me. I feel like a young team of siblings that seem nice and have a good relationship. Sure. I'll try them at this point, but I can't tell you that many other things beyond the fact that, um, Alana is a good packer. I don't know if that's enough to really tell me to help me out here. Well, I, that was something that I noted because um, anyone that cops to using packing cubes is a woman after my own heart. I, I'm I'm a big fan of the packing cube, and I think that anyone that knows to use that has unlocked some of the secrets of travel. So they do have that going for them, which is nice. But yeah, Dan, to your point, they are so young. They're so young. They look twelve. Like I'm looking at this, and I'm like, these these are children. How are how are they even old enough to be cast on this show? Like they 
they really look younger than they are. And I think they just radiate this kind of aura of inexperience that I think could be problematic for them. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of reached the point with all of the teams where either you can look at them and say, wow, they're really young or wow, sorry to say they're, they're a little older or other reasons. It's really hard to kind of go which one, because you know, I'm including the team I just picked, Alana and Nico, and then the remaining teams. You know one of these teams is going to be in like the final five. Oh, yeah. Possibly more. It's like, but you look at it and you go, like our Frankie and Amy being the best example of from the past when we've picked. But I look at it and I go, okay, who's it going to be? <laughs> like, you know, how could I distinguish from the remaining teams? Because this is my last pick, Jess, right here. No, you have one more pick. Well, I have a lot of Nico, but then I have yeah. I have them now. Like, oh, yeah. wait. You have four teams. You have one more team to pick. Yeah. I have one more, but I'm saying the next pick I make is my last pick. Yeah. So then you'll have two of the remaining three, and then we'll have one team that will just drift off into the sunset, like that team that got eliminated at the starting line. Team Mike Bloom. <laughs> yes, Team Mike Bloom. So I'm kind of talking now. Are we? I don't really have anything else to say about Alana and Nico, unless you do. I was going to move on and try and figure out my last pick here. Um, I think we just have to make another tally mark in the people with food issues column. Oh, boy. That one challenge is just going to be like penalty city. <laughs> Everybody quit. It's going to be the meat block, but it's going to turn out that the actual challenge is just like eat this tiny plate of vegetables and then nobody will be able to do it because everybody has food issues. Yes, it's it's going to be interesting. Okay, so I I'm tempted to pick the other team of siblings. But again, my team is so young. I don't see all those teams going that far. I'm going to do something a bit different and I'm going to nuns, 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 nuns. No, 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 no. No, I do think they're not going out first, actually. But I'm going to go with the oldest team on the show. I'm going to go with Chris and Adrian here. All right. Yeah, which is probably not a great idea. But every once in a while, there is a team that is older that you might look at and say, oh, they're really going to do that great. That does well. There is a Meredith and Gretchen out there. There are teams and they were older than this team. So I look at this team and I say, we've got a farmer and a firefighter. We have the first, at the time, female firefighter in South Australia, in Adrian. We have a guy who goes around, um, basically travels around and like shears alpaca and played Aussie rules football. So, you know, this team could go out first. They really could. There's a video of him not being able to get on a camel in the trailer. That is very funny. That is being used a lot in the clips. But I look at it and I say, okay, I've got a lot of young teams. Of course, you could also say, Dan, you're picking wrong on both sides. <laughs> That's what you're doing. <laughs> but, you know, I want to give it a shot. I just want to have fun with this pick. So let me pick the 58 and 59-year-old team of the farmer and firefighter, Chris and Adrian. I, I think it's it's a fine pick, Dan. I think they are stronger than they look. I I think like watching Chris fall off a camel 59 times and seeing the people commenting in the Facebook page being concerned for the camel, that may have that may have initially made you feel like they don't have a lot to offer. But like you said, they're very athletic. And I think they're coming into this with the right spirit. I think they're going to be incredibly tenacious and tough. They're not going to give up easily. And you need that to be on this show. I think they're ready to see the world. I don't think they've necessarily 
been particularly well traveled, but I think they have a lot of life experience behind them that will translate well into the show. So I don't think it's the worst choice. And I think you do make a very good point that for every team that goes out first that's in this demographic, there's a team that goes much further than you would expect. So, yeah, I, I'm not mad at it. I think I think they do have some Meredith and Gretchen upside to them, potentially. Yeah, and it's one of those situations where they could be totally overmatched. But, you know, I also like the fact that they've they've just done a lot. And he does mention in the bio that he's he didn't mention personally, but it mentions that he traveled to South America, Asia and Europe with her. So and granted, who knows what that means? But it means they haven't spent the whole time like on the farm or doing what they're doing. He's been they've been around and I'm just excited to watch it be out there. So let's see what happens. You know, I feel like I haven't done great on some of these drafts. So now I'm kind of just like going against my own instincts, which either means I will do much better or even worse. I, I feel like I feel like you're playing that game in The Princess Bride. Only you are both Wesley and Vizzini. <laughs> They're both poisoned, Dad. They're both poisoned. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's all a trap. Never get involved spoiler. in a land war in Asia. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, see now I have no no pressure. I'm done. Yeah. So now I'm just curious. I mean, you've got three teams left to pick from. What are I've you going to do? I've got two teams left to pick from. Oh, you've only got one pick left. I've right. only got one pick left. You've got two left. So this is even a little easier. You've so you've got either siblings viv and joey or judy and Teresa, the nuns and you know dan i i'm waiting to be smitten by a bolt of lightning but i'm going with viv and joey i'm <laughs> leaving the nuns on the table <laughs> oh those nuns are on the run oh I those tell poor you. nuns i <laughs> i i feel like I, I i gotta take this to confession now but um, Viv and Joey, I think the only reason we left them on the table is just because they are so short. And I think that might be the only actual weakness they have is that they're just very small people. And they are actually at one point, the show apparently plays this for laughs by showing them missing a clue because it's above their sight line, which is kind of mean spirited, if you want to know my opinion. But yes. I think apart from this. You know, Joey is the opposite of all the people that say they have food issues. He says he's an adventurous eater. Um, they have traveled quite a bit with themselves, um, with each other and by themselves. And they come from a pretty, a pretty strong family group. So they're, they know each other very well. They get along very well. Uh, they seem like for being as small as they are, they seem like they're in very good shape. They're young. They're smart. I don't know. There's a lot of downside to them. Yeah. And that's where I was kind of struggling with because I almost picked them on my last pick, actually on my last several picks. And I was I, w I almost feel bad because I mean, I don't want to not pick them because, you know, we've seen people that were like, well, you can look at. Charlotte Mir now, for example, I mean, it's not not a case where because they're shorter that somehow, and you know, he's five foot two, but somehow that should automatically mean they're not going to do well. And they're super fans of the show. They seem to have a really good relationship. They're 25 and 28. They seem to be in good physical shape. These are all things that generally lead. They've done a lot of traveling. So this is a situation where when you're drafting with very limited information, you have to go by what you have. But I could totally see them doing well. I think they could they could be fine. Yeah, I, I think they, they've got a lot going on that 
says to me they're prepared. Like they they said it's their childhood dream to be on the show. So I think that you know that could go one of two ways. I think a lot of times Amazing Race likes to paint people as super fans and then have them do poorly because I think for years we said there's a curse of the super fan. If you see somebody on TV that has shown themselves to be really super into the show, they end up going out very early. I'm thinking of like Dennis and Isabel, for example, in season 25. So it's something that I also look at that and I'm like, huh. But I think it can also help you out a lot. Like I think I picked Rod and Tim in part because they seemed like they really knew their way around a reality show. So it could go either way. I think it's I think it's probably a strength in this case. And I think if they've been talking about it since they were kids, they've probably run a lot of scenarios in their head. And so they won't be surprised by anything. Yeah, I hope not. You know, it's funny because there are some seasons where there's like three teams I want to root for. And, you know, I, I really want to have those teams to root for. And this season, I feel like it's like every team almost where I'm like, you know, it'd really be nice to root for them. It's like, so that tells you something when they've done a good job casting, because one, you have a lot of teams that could do well or not. I mean, yes, there's a top tier, but like we've talked about, that could change. But also just a lot of um, people that just there's a lot of interesting things to their story. They even mentioned that their parents were refugees from Vietnam. And I feel like we're going to get a lot of cool background about all of these teams. And then I'm going to want them to stay longer, even if they're not my picks. Yep. I think that is, well, that has been the case, I think, in every season of Amazing Race Australia up to this point. And I know this is the first time we've ever done a podcast together about Amazing Race Australia, but they have always done an amazing job casting. And this is definitely something that would have happened to us on any of the previous seasons. Oh, for sure. I mean, season two, especially, I mean, I like season Uh, one a lot too. Season two, I've barely, rarely been as invested in a show as I was in that season. And I watched it, I was watching it like 10 years after it came out or something or more. And I was just so into it. Like it was happening. And that show, that season, I don't expect as much like, crazy you know devices or different things happening or more chances i think that would happen more likely if we get another season of this version of australia but that that season's something else if you haven't seen it people listening find a way to watch it it's incredible i would say i I was doing this math recently dan and this is probably a sad thing to admit but um at this point in my life uh, over a 20-year career of watching television i've seen over a hundred seasons of reality television. Like Amazing Race alone, I've probably seen 45 seasons of. And Amazing Race Australia 2 has got to be my top three seasons of any show. Yeah. And if this even is 70% of that or what are close, it's just, it's just fun to have to see what they do. I'm as curious about like what it's production going to do, because there are clips of tasks, including one that we just saw in the Canada finale in the clips, which um, that is a good transition because we see this team doing that task, actually the Judy and Teresa, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do just to finish my point from a production standpoint, because it's not like us where I'm like, how is this going to compare to last season or whatever? They could do a lot of the same things. Are they just going to pick some of the best things from different places? But regardless of that, this team of nuns that is on team, Mike Bloom, Mike, has God on his side. And I'm not, I, I don't mean, I am not so, I'm not, please don't take this, anyone listening, as me making fun of God. What I'm making fun of is just, <laughs> I don't know making fun of it. I love them as characters. I think they're so funny. The way that they're like, have this serious look, but they're also kind of laughing about it, where they're just like, 
you know, we're going to pray and we're going to make it work. And they have this clip of everyone running really fast, including the, the football guys and them just stopping and like praying and looking around. The show is going to get every inch of mileage out of this as they can. I think the show wants them to do OK, but what does it say about theology <laughs> if they don't do well? Yeah, it's like it's like anything when people say, God, help us find the clue. It's like, if you don't find it, what does that mean? And it's but, somewhere Linda Holmes is like, God is in the bathtub, you guys. <laughs> don't bother him. I also think we're seeing so much of them in previews and such that I think the show may be trying to get a lot of mileage out of this as kind of a way to yep. draw into the show. Oh, so they're Rupert and Laura in it. A little bit. It doesn't mean for sure they're going out first, but. Uh, I don't know. This feels a little gimmicky to me as far as how far they're going to go. There's a little Undertaker thing here. Yeah, a, a little bit. It's That's kind of ghoulish, but you, you're not wrong. Um, I My notes say, if Eric Reichenbach drew a comic book about the Amazing Race, this would be one of the teams that he would draw because this is a team concept that is so outlandishly cartoonish that you cannot believe they tracked down actual nuns actually willing to do this show and actually seeming like a team that could surprise you and do okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I should mention Judy is, she does a lot of swimming every week. She runs a lot every week. So I think Judy is in very good shape. And I mean, they're, they're, you know, fairly, they're not, they're younger by a significant amount than the team I just picked. You know, they're in their 53 and actually 45 for Teresa. Though the Teresa's method of transportation is typically a non-motorized scooter. So I don't know how that, that's going to help, but I thought that was interesting to note. But, um, you know, they're going to be fun. That's what I will say. They're going to be fun. And I could easily see a scenario where we think they're going to go out and then they survive barely the first leg and then survive a few more. And then, and who knows? Yeah, I, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think the show would like them to be around for much longer. I think it's just such an interesting hook to hang your team on. Um, I also like Teresa said she wanted to be a nun for a long time, but she thought she was, quote unquote, too bad to be one. I thought that was that was very interesting. So I think I think they've, they've got a little bit of a wicked sense of humor to them, which is surprising for nuns. But I think they will come into it with the best of outlooks and they'll have a really great attitude and of course you're going to find them inspirational because they are nuns so it will be interesting to see them in the mix for sure definitely all right well we have our picks are finished we've done it jess yes our teams are wrapped up so to recap for all of those of you who are going to be keeping score at home um team dan consists of jasmine and jerome tom and tyler roa and amani Alana and Nico and Chris and Adrian and Team Jess is Sid and Ash, Rod and Tim, Nick and Femi, Haley and Michaela and Viv and Joey leaving the nuns for Team Mike Bloom. They got the big guy on their side and they got the Bloom guy on their side. <laughs> the big fella, according. Yes, the big fella. Oh, this is going to be fun. It's going to um, be super fun. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to watch it i hope it's not that hard to watch it but it's it's going to be really fun um i'm sure there'll be a way um to watch it and just enjoy having another season i know we're going to have more us at some point Someday. we're going to have canada next summer but to have a season coming at the end of october when canada only ended you know a few months back if even it was less than that actually it was like a month and a half ago to have another season is really fun 
It is really fun. And um, I want to speak to that a little bit, actually, Dan, uh, because I did get a lot of people asking, so where am I going to watch this if I'm not in Australia? And I'm going to be totally blunt with you. you. You've heard me give the spiel about Canada. I don't have that spiel for Australia because I honestly don't know. When season three aired, I it was airing concurrently with Amazing Race Canada 2. And every week, I would get Amazing Race Canada 2 because for some reason, CTV didn't have a geo block that season. So I would just watch it on the website every week. And then I'd have to spend hours tracking down Amazing Race Australia because it almost never hit any of the usual places where I would find it. Um, and Channel 7 had some weird thing on their geo blocking where even if you had a VPN, you couldn't watch it. So it became very tricky to track down those episodes every week. And I always managed to find them, but it was never easy. I have been assured that because Channel 10 is also the channel that airs Australian Survivor and the intrepid patrons of Rob as a podcast have had little trouble finding those. I think you can expect that if you are a patron of Rob has a podcast and you join the patron only Facebook group, that people will be posting links to the show in there for your viewing enjoyment. So that's the advice that I can give you on how you can watch this series. And I hope that if you do find a way to watch it, that you will let us know what you think of it and engage with us on the social media, because we always love hearing from you. Um, You can always leave us a comment on the page for this particular episode of the podcast. You can go over to robswebsite.com, scroll down to Reality TV Rehap-Ups, find the page and leave a comment there. That's a great place to do it. And you can also find us on the social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Haymaker Hattie. And Dan, where can we find you? I am at the Dan Heaton. I also do a podcast about theme parks called the Tomorrow Society Podcast. It's an interview show mostly where I interview people either that work behind the scenes at theme parks or that wrote books or directed films, a lot of different experts. It's just a fun way for me to talk to smart people and do something entirely different. And that's at TomorrowSociety.com. And that is a very fun podcast that you all should be listening to. Um, Elsewhere in the world of Rob as a Podcast and Post Show Recaps, um, you can find me every week talking about The Walking Dead with my very good friend Josh Wiggler. And we drop those podcasts usually Tuesday mornings for the previous Sunday's episode. And we had a lot of fun this week. It was a great episode and we had a lot of good things to say. Um, You can also go over to primetimer.com and read some of the feature articles that I have written. I had one that dropped today. Speaking of zombie shows based on comic books, I did a little preview of the Netflix series Daybreak that came out. Actually, as we're recording this, it came out today and it looks like it's going to be kind of Walking Dead meets Ferris Bueller meets Mad Max. There's like a reference to every single pop culture thing you can think of packed into this one show. And I think it's going to be massively entertaining. So you guys should check out all of the thoughts I had to say on that. And I have a few more articles dropping in the very new future, including the weirdest thing I've ever been commissioned to write for a website. So you have that to look forward to. And I think that's about everything that I have for this. Again, we are not going to be able to cover Amazing Race Australia every week, in part because it is just so hard to to track down and also because I think we're both a little overextended at this point, but we will be watching whenever we can catch it and we'll be engaging with you on social media about everything that's going on this season. And of course, keeping track of how our fantasy teams are doing. So we hope that you'll be along for the ride with us on that front. So with all of that, I want to thank Dan Heaton once again for joining me on this crazy journey through three countries worth of amazing race this year. Uh, I want to thank 
Rob Sesternino for letting us do this for no apparent reason. I want to thank Scott St. Pierre for all the work he does behind the scenes. I want to thank you, the listeners. And we'll see you at some point in the future. This, If this show gets really good, I promise we'll do some special coverage. But I promise this is not the last you've seen of us. And we'll be back at some point in the future. Take care, everyone. Have a good night.